Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I wish all our listeners everywhere a happy new year. Wherever you are, I hope the year is a fulfilling and a happy one. We have two guests to help us unpack the, you know, the craziness or the fun times that have been the, the New Year's tests. So welcome to the podcast. First of all, all the way from the Antipodean waters, Mr. Messi Jess from the Gary Lovers. Hello, Messi. Hello, Ajit. Lovely to be here. And Happy New Year to you and to everybody listening. Thank you. Lovely to have you. And of course, uh, from much closer shores, from apparently a drowned out Hanover, she tells us. Welcome to the podcast, yes. Leah. Hello, everyone. And Frohes uh, Neues, which is uh, German for Happy New Year, everyone. Perfect. I think you've already hinted. And I have actually repeated that, that it was very wet. And just to contrast, how's the weather there, Messi? Uh, it's oh, it's down to 32 degrees. It, it was up to about 36 degrees today. Wow. Uh, so that's sort of standard Perth summer weather. Uh, <laughs> I've, st- I've stayed indoor in the cool, but I haven't had the, have the air conditioning on yet. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But Leah, how are you coping with the nice weather? Well, I'm 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 actually fine. I um I live in the on the third floor, so. The flooding is uh, probably not going to affect me. Come on. when it, There is some flooding I saw, but I really do not expect any businesses or houses to be affected. I really hope so, because I remember I was in the, uh, I was near Aachen in Stahlberg. Mm. I saw that three winters ago, there was so much water. One of the rivers, there's a small river going through Stahlberg and that river flooded over and the business district got completely crippled. 
so the entire business district the high street airports it's a small town stolberg it got completely flooded and it took nearly 2 years because this happened during corona mm. so it was sort of a combination so i really hope one of my favorite city, cities in the world hanover doesn't suffer that i mean i mean you you lived here um yes. and to give you an, to, to give you an idea uh the ema is so high that it actually reaches the ema center and the um the um the power plant with the three with the three um uh smokestacks oh it's up to there yes that's that's not nice to hear is it oh God. no no but okay tell me martin luther king's church is fine the area around it is fine that's my it area is. that's it where is. i lived right so fine I mean, the rest of us you can cope with it all right <laughs> apart from the jokes i really wish the people of hanover all the best it's not it's not yeah. a nice thing flooding because it brings other things with it diseases and other things so i really hope none of those really become an issue mm. on to slightly sunnier pastures i think let's start with uh, what was it with the pitch in india versus south africa game the newlands pitch became too spicy for the new year too hot to handle leah um, it was a it was a spicy pitch uh, i'll give it that but um i i think it's it's good to start with um an overview of the match mm-hmm. um it was action packed from start to finish um south africa won the toss chose to bat were all out on the stroke of lunch for 55 india then replied with 153 all out losing six wickets for none um south africa batted again on on the first day dean elga became the only the second man to be out two times in this in the same day um in his last match oh Yes, yes. That's uh, not a nice <laughs> record to take into retirement but all right. Yeah, yeah. Um and South Africa ended the first day on 63 for 3, 62 for 3, I think. Mm-hmm. Um it was all over um by the second session of the second day. Um Aiden Markram made 100, um but India chased it all down down. uh with seven wickets in hand um yes it was a it was an amazing match uh entertainment value wise i would say <laughs> well I, why i'm laughing is it reminds me of our younger days when we used to with tennis ball we used to have a three day cricket match 50 overs mm. each day and a three day match it never went into the third day we never we we came from the air court shorter format 10 or 12 or format game playing 50 hours a day was like a lot of time so this yeah. reminds me of such a game where it was over by i don't know just after the halfway point or just around the halfway point of the second day where all four innings were completed and the scores also pretty much resemble that game that sort of games that we played where one team made made 55 the other made 150 and then so on right so yes first yeah. of all yeah let's start with the first innings right it was a very very sharp pitch lot of seam lot of lot of uh, uneven bounce but really to be all out in a session was it plainly due to siraj's bowling of course siraj was really hot and when siraj is hot he is broad even hotter than broad if that such a thing is possible he's just such a informed bowler that he runs through sides he did it in november 2023 he's done it before we've seen what he can do hmm. but then was it just siraj or 
did south africa also contribute i didn't remember too many bad shots i saw the whole session live right so it was unbelievable mm. you can't take your eyes off it but was it just the pitch and then maybe a bit of uh, casual batting um i do not think so because um we saw during the course of the match that if you apply yourself as a batsman um uh, you can actually make a score you could actually make a score on this pitch i think of course siraj played a role in the first innings uh he took 6 for 15 which uh, is his career best bowling in an innings mm-hmm. um on that day that south africa were all out for 55 uh kohli almost made a made a half century he made uh 46 mm-hmm. um and on the second day markram made a century so I do not think that it it was a subpar pitch or that it was borderline dangerous or anything like that. Um I think if you applied yourself, if you got your eye in, um you could actually make runs on this pitch. Kay Rahul played a very pujara like innings. He made eight, but he was mm-hmm. out there for a very very long time. That's the counterpoint, isn't it? So no matter how well you played on that pitch there was going to be a ball coming with your name on it yes it was yeah. rather you be a bit proactive and aggressive because there was going to be a ball with your name on it sooner rather than later messi your thoughts on the pitch uh i'm not quite as generous to it as lear is i agree that batsman with really good technique had a chance to make some runs but there aren't all that many of them left in test matches to be honest <laughs> but or anybody with that much patience i suppose but i do think uh that it's not desirable to have a pitch like that that has that much variation in the bounce it it was quite daunting for some of the batters on occasions and that gets in your head as well uh i noticed mm-hmm. too that uh it was pockmarked the pitch from where balls had pitched previously mm-hmm. and mm. that that's never a good sign that those spots are going to create problems going on and whenever a pitch does that i always get worried that it's going to end up being problematic for everyone and potentially quite dangerous um exactly. i don't think it, it was dangerous enough to stop the match but it wasn't far off it i don't think so the last time i remember i think in a servive stadium antigua they had to stop a match because the pitch was deemed to be too soft what you said yeah. when the ball landed on the pitch it left an indentation almost as if a part of the pitch surface itself was a little altered every time the ball hit it that means the next ball that hits somewhere around there you don't know what happens if it hits a crack right so everybody spoke of those big cracks so i think it was it was more or less the expected amount of seam movement from the pitch but it was combining that un- uh, abnormal let me call it the abnormal cracks that would open up and whenever a ball hit or cracks would widen so did you think rohit sharma called out the pitch quality rightly and said maybe there's some double standards let's start with yulia well um yeah, he's he's not he's not totally wrong on that one because i think if you look at this pitch uh you of course there is a lot of seam movement uh, there's a lot of bounce uh, even uneven bounce um but Uh, that is to be expected from south africa uh actually mm. so it's 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 no qualitative difference between south african pitches seeming excessively 
uh, and um, Indian pitchers spinning excessively. I don't think. Um, exactly. So yeah. at so least that was you, his contention. Yes, yes. So if you if you criticize Indian pitchers for spinning excessively from maybe the second session of the first day, um, then you also have to um, call out South African pitchers seeming excessively for one and a half days. Hmm. Messi, do you agree? Counter that? I, I do. I think that's a very good way of putting it. I'm of the view, generally speaking, that there's a lot of uh, unwarranted criticism of Indian pitchers because that's the way Indian pitchers are. It's not about doctoring. It's about mm. dealing with it. Mm. Uh, and to some extent, the same applies in countries like South Africa. But I, I do think that this was a poor pitch and should be reported as a poor pitch. I think um, it will be with yes. time. I have a feeling now that at least one of the captains have so strongly voiced his opinion. It will not be just that, but I think neutrally, if you just look at it, it is not a pitch that was ready for test match cricket. Maybe it was a day too soon to begin a, begin a test match. Maybe another day under the sun, the grass would have grown, but the pitch would have hardened. That's the thing I saw missed there, missing there. That's why it was yeah. so dangerous. But Siraj did his bit. You couldn't take the ball out of his hands, I suppose. He just kept going, eight-hour spell, destroyed mm. South Africa, more or less six wickets. I think that he was stopped, and I think they gave the ball to Mukesh Kumar, who took two wickets with... No runs conceded. Mm. Uh, India would be a bit disappointed with the with the returns of Prasid Krishna in both the innings. He was a bit costly. But then, well, at least in the second innings, Makram went after him. Even though he was bowling steadily, you could say they, mm. were, they were not bad balls. They were just length balls. But these are also good T20 cricketers, Makram especially. He went after mm. him. So, India tried to fight back. So, Kohli made his, you know, sort of stance where tried people tried to help him. And then, what happened in that over? I mean, I think it was Lungi Engedi who started it off. 153 for four, yes. nearly a 100-run lead. I remember tweeting saying, India have to cross the 100-run mark, you know, they'll take... If they get to 125 lead, they might as well get an innings victory here or something like this. And then what happened? Lungi Engedi intervened, I suppose. But how did that come to being, Leah? Uh, that was that was uh, two overs of absolute madness. There were... Um... That was actually another first in in Test cricket. Uh, six wickets, the last six wickets falling without a run being scored. There was there was some interesting things in that first one. Uh, Jadeja and Bumrah got out in the exact same way, uh, mm-hmm. both both for a duck on the second ball they faced um, to Rabada. Uh, both survived the first delivery. Um, and then got a shoulder off the bat uh, to second slip where Janssen took a looping catch. Um, both were out, Bolt Rabada, caught, uh, caught Janssen, Bolt Rabada. Then Mohamed Siraj got himself run out in a in comical fashion. Well, Taylor does have to do that, right? Come on. You can't all be mature. Yeah, yeah sure. And, um, well, in the end, it was the the shortest test match with a result ever in the history of Test cricket. Um and they beat the second the second shortest game of the last seventy-five years by exactly two hundred deliveries. Uh which was Ahmedabad. <laughs> yes, Ahmedabad twenty twenty one, I think. The last Ahmedabad yeah. test between uh, India, India and England, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. So 
a bunch of records, whether you like it or not, in that uh, test match. There's, there's, and, there's another interesting figure in there. That mm-hmm. 23 wickets in a day equals the most uh, in a day in test cricket. It's also the number of wickets that fell in a day at Newlands in 2011, on the day that Australia were out for 47. Oh, 47. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that. And <laughs> South Africa were out for, I think, 90-something uh, in their first innings. And yet, uh, Australia's first innings was big, and uh, uh, South Africa's second innings, they blasted uh, Australia and won very comfortably by eight wickets, as I recall. Indeed. Mm. Uh, it's interesting. That's the thing. If you look at New Lens, apparently it's supposed to get quicker on the second day. So first day is supposed to be a good time to bat. So you bat and you maybe make 300. You can always win the test match from that point on. right? So in this case, as, as, as I felt, the pitch was not ready. But maybe it was ready the previous day. So the second day happened to be uh, the first day <laughs> of the pitch. I, I don't know how it happened. But in either way, it's a new test uh, match curator or the pitch curator also something we heard. That's a new guy who's sort of maybe mm. not yet fully set with how you need to deal with this Newlands craziness. All in all, we got a very, very interesting, very, very interesting test match where, well, Indian batters having 79 to chase, they know what they were going to do. But how good was that 100 from Makram? Is it? I think it's probably the best 100 he's made in his test career. But what does it tell us about Markram, the player? I mean, we've always known he's been very good. What an innings that was. I mean, South Africa would have surely suffered an innings defeat, right? Without it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was I was absolutely expecting an innings defeat at Stumps on the first day. Um, and then Markram showed up. Wow. He, he, <laughs> he, really, he really showed up. So, I, Messi, he came and he sort of withheld Bumrah's rampage, who was going on a rampage in the second morning, the first session. Mm. He actually attacked the bowlers, hit them for sixes all over the place. It was pretty much a T20 innings from about his 40th, 50th ball onwards, I suppose. But what does this really signify to teams that travel to South Africa, but also more importantly for Test Match itself, that such a Test Match came about? Are, are, we, leading, are we reading too much into it, maybe? Uh, I think it's possible to do that, to be honest. I mean, it's mm. not as if the pitch was doctored to suit South Africa. Right? <laughs> oh no! It bit them back. It they got bit even the, even though India lost six, six wickets for no run, they still won, <laughs> which is extraordinary when you think about it. It's it's the same the world over, isn't it? When you're going to a, another country, you just need to be prepared for different conditions, uh, and that's one of the beauties of cricket that there is difference wherever you mm. go. South Africa is always a challenge for a visiting country. I mean, the fact that India still haven't won a series in South Africa is extraordinary when you think about it. Mm, absolutely. Uh, and the fact that they've managed to master training conditions enough to win the last two series here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a matter of doing preparation. Um, and it's interesting, isn't it, that this is in the same week where it was announced that the English team would spend three days in India prior to Literally. <laughs> yeah. That, was, yeah. that was quite something. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, I think they've found some way to counter spin at home and they're sort of confident they'll prepare there. But we'll see when they arrive in India. But go on. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, test cricket has become something where time spent in, in a country pre- preparing for tests is no longer uh, a big thing. And I think it's the poorer for it. I, I really do think that, for example, in the series here, Pakistan didn't go well in Perth. And part of that had to do with just not being in the swing of it. 
I, I think quite often you find teams take one or two test matches to get into a situation where they're comfortable enough in the conditions to be competitive. Uh, and by then, the series is pretty much over, particularly with two or three test series uh, being played so often. So, Absolutely. yeah, it's it's a lack of preparation is part of it. Um, but you could say that India were underprepared for the first test. Mm. Uh, and by the time they were over that, they were carrying, they were better prepared and they were carrying an awful lot of weight to, to come back and do well. And my God, did they ever. Uh, yeah. So... Also, you know, from the World Test Championship perspective, that was important, I suppose. A 2-0 loss would have hurt India. It is their way of uh, revitalizing Test cricket, of course, because, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, the number of balls delivered, it was only 40, 42 balls more than you get in an ADI. For the whole mm. <laughs> just, just 642, indeed. Oh, God. Well, uh, I hope you know, more Test matches don't go this way, but go the way of the other one the other New Year's test that finished. So that was a more traditional test. So I'll throw it over to you, Messi, to start off. Uh, What did we make of this Australia-Pakistan test? Well, I've got to say that I I love the way Pakistan have uh, brought their attitude into uh, the test series in Australia. Shah Massoud has been a fantastic captain and a fantastic ambassador for Mm. Pakistan cricket. And they played it with a really great spirit and a great uh, determination to to be better. The thing that it's cost Pakistan so dearly throughout this series, uh, particularly in Melbourne and Sydney, has mm. been cat, dropped catches. They have paid oh, yeah. massively for that. Yeah, yeah. Abdullah uh, Shafiq. Oh, I mean, Mitch Marsh, uh, in two of his significant innings, was dropped early on, uh, and he's ended up being the batter of the series without any doubt. Yeah, uh, but had had they held their catches, that Test match in uh, Melbourne would have been really, really close. It was, it was really pleasing to see a game come to a situation where there was actually some prospect of a Pakistan win. Uh, Absolutely, same for the one in Sydney, uh, because in Australia it, it tends to be a bit of a snooze fest after a while. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the first test set became something of that after Warner's 160. Um, but just the the excitement that was brought by the Pakistanis, the enthusiasm, uh, the fact that you had Jamal uh, appearing on the scene in such a, a positive way was mm. just great for, for Pakistan cricket, although they don't play another test until I think it's August, which is unfortunate. Mm. Ah. Um, but... They're just, they're a great group of guys and uh, the spirit in which it's been played with Australia, they get on really well. Uh, They love that Australia went and played in Pakistan last year. Uh, And I remember after the third test, which Australia won, they just sat and talked together on the balcony for a couple of hours after the game. And there's real friendships there. And they played this in, in a similar spirit. So, but for a few uh, missed opportunities, I think Pakistan could have been really competitive in both of the last two tests, and it would have absolutely put Australia on their medal. The person who stands out for Australia is obviously Pat Cummins. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. You know, t- taking f- fifers in three consecutive innings was uh, remarkable. He had that golden knack of being able to bring himself on and. Uh, at crucial moments and 
breakthrough. His is he's at the peak of his bowling form at the moment. There's no doubt of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other person from Australia's point of view is Mitchell Marsh, who, as a West Australian, I'm really happy for. But beyond that, I think in Australia there's been a sad history for the Marsh brothers over a long period of time, in and out of the side, and probably being justifiably accused of being given preferential treatment at mm. times when they were out of form. But the truth is that Mitchell Marsh is a, an incredibly nice guy. He's very, very popular in the team uh, and well-liked by them and by the press and by people who know him. And the fact that he's actually been able to consistently perform has been a huge plus for Australia at a time when the rest of their batting is looking, for me, uh, pretty suspect. Uh, mm-hmm. He wasn't out for less than 41 in the series. He batted five times. He mm. averaged 86. He made 400, sorry, 344 runs, which was uh, 45 runs more than anybody else. The next best was Warner, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. And he came in at crucial times uh, and formed partnerships that, when Australia looked like they were in trouble, uh, dug them out in really crucial situations. Uh, so he's applied himself in a way that hasn't been historically his, his forte in the past. So I think Australia can be both thank- thankful for that and hopeful in the future. The interesting thing is, of course, it's kept Cameron Green out of the team. Yeah, yeah. Much, much wailing and gnashing of teeth as to how to get Cameron Green back in the team and do we move someone like Smith up as an opener. You know, that was going to be one of the talk, talking points as well. Yeah. Um, Smith has actually offered to open. That's very rare for somebody who's number four, your mainstay of the entire batting lineup, to say he wants a challenge, he wants to renew, you know, the uh, threat that he has in his batting and he wants to say, no, I want to go up. Is that something you would expect or is this just Smith sort of trying to seize an opportunity whereas I don't think Green himself is a ready-made opener. He himself would be... A... Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> right. not. I, th- I think Australia has to come to terms with the fact that we're not going to replace like with like. Mm-hmm. Uh, find no, but there's Cameron Bancroft ready. Marcus yes, Harris. Bancroft and Harris and Burns are all available. Bancroft's probably got the best figures. I'm not entirely sure that I feel that confident. I watched quite a lot of Bancroft in the Sheffield Shield, and although he had reasonable scores, he mm. was very tentative, very much an old-school opener. Uh, mm. But I do think, from Australia's point of view, they need to have someone who's experienced as an opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt Smith has lost his flair. Um, he's not at the peak he was four or five years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's, he's mm-hmm. not the same perceived danger. He's, he's capable of grafting, but he doesn't have that, that brilliance that he had in the past. Uh, you know, albeit resentfully, people would admire that. Uh, I don't see him being likely to, to resurrect that string of uh, huge scores that he, he had previously. Uh, but he'll still be a very useful batter for another few years. Uh, right. Lapishane similarly lost his flair a bit. So I don't know, but I would, I think in my mind that the Australian selectors will probably try out uh, a real opener over the le- next three tests rather than insist on getting Green back into the team. 
Mm. They're unfortunate in a way there hasn't been an injury in the team to create a vacancy, which is <laughs> ironic. Uh, so I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Bancroft selected for the uh, test match against West Indies in 10 days. That uh, would make and... more sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you may see some other, other bowlers uh, rested uh, mm-hmm. to give, say, Boland or uh, Lance Morris a, a run as well. Lance Morris is something I'm uh, very excited to see. Somebody who's mm. who can bowl with that pace, and uh, yes. we can expect probably Stark and Hazelwood to get a break. Do you think to start off, and maybe even Cummins rested on later on in the series, in the second or third tests? Yeah, it's interesting. I think Cummins will be reluctant to mm. just as captain. Um, mm. Resting someone who is captain is more problematic. Uh, even though he's a bowler. And he's right. had a, 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 an inspirational impact on this team. So I'd be surprised if they rested Cummins. He may take on a lesser load. And then they've got two tests against New Zealand. Then, sorry, but against West Indies. And then they go to New Zealand for a two-test series. Mm. So All they've right. just got the, the four tests left, basically, uh, until next summer right. for us in, right. in mm. uh, December next year, uh, this year. Uh, and then it'll just be white ball cricket uh, for all of them. So I don't think uh, that they'll be too worried about uh, resting Cummins uh, over that that period. If he's a, a bit tired by the time he gets to the IPL, well, so be it. <laughs> all right. So, Leah. Um, I, yeah, I have a question for, for uh, Messi. Uh, do you think we will see uh, Matt Renshaw getting, getting a game? Uh, yeah. Mm. Possibly, but I, I also think probably unlikely. Okay. Uh, I think Bancroft and Harris are the best place to come in. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't think you'll find any of the, the batters wanting to be rested. Uh, so unless they uh, manage to drum up some sort of injury to create a, a possibility mm. of playing other people. It'd be interesting to see what sort of squad they create to go to New Zealand. I don't know if they've got any preparatory games in New Zealand uh, mm-hmm. to give them a run in. Probably um, but, not. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> my gut feeling too. So it, it's, I don't even know what the program is for Australia A over the next 12 months. Um, but you'd expect people like Renshaw to get a run there to, to mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. One of the problems with the uh, situation in Australia is the Sheffield Shield is split into two parts and the first half is completed and now there's no more first-class cricket outside of Test cricket until February. So there's no chance for people to force their wear in uh, unless you take form in the Big Bash, which uh, Mm. hardly seems relevant. Right. Um, So the selectors almost certainly made made a decision uh, for themselves as to who will be in. They'll just announce it in the next couple of days. Mm. So, Leah, your thoughts on the series, first of all, but more importantly, well, we have to discuss the white elephant in the room, Mr. Warner. He's, he called it, he called his career that he'll end it here. He also retired from ODI at the beginning of the new year, right? So, he's just kept the Champions Trophy open. I don't think Australia will go back to him. But if you were to think no. of, yeah, no, but when it comes to how he called it, Leah, your thoughts? Well, you, you, uh, would have expected uh, Pakistan to lose the series going into this um, mm. based on on form and internal turmoil in the team with uh, 
uh, questions about um, player selections, stuff like that. Uh, but I think um, I was a bit a bit disappointed uh, they didn't challenge Australia more than they actually did. And yeah. um, they came close on occasions. And Warner, um, yeah, he he calling it him calling it quits. Um, he's a he's a very complicated person, I think. Mm. Uh, his his public perception is well in in England. Obviously, he's the pantomime villain. Um, but I think from a from a more neutral perspective. His legacy will be a bit more complicated. He can be kind of a knobhead, um, but on the other hand, he is also the guy who pressured Cricket Australia into giving the women um, equal contracts. Uh, he he really he really stood up for the other players as uh, representative of the players' association. Mm -hmm. So that's a good point. Um, yes, yes, he is. If you if you think rationally about it, he is not purely a villain. Right. No. He is a very he's a very complicated uh, player regarding his legacy. I think mm -hmm. he will always be remembered, of course, for Sandpaper Gate and for uh, altercations with uh, Quinton de Kock, for punching Joe Root, mm. um, stuff like that. But um, on the other hand, he is also standing up for people that do not have his name recognition his influence in cricket australia so he is one of the greats of modern australian cricket i think absolutely also one of the pound for pound best openers of this era yes right number of hundreds impactful innings at important times including his last innings he made a half century that's fantastic yes mm. right so yeah. He sort of called it perfectly, a little bit of drama to add his baggy green being lost and then located air quotes. Yeah. Right. So it sounds like they they actually nobody stole it. It sounds like they just found it. I just think one of Isn't his it? it may have just gone into one of his teammates' bag by mistake, you know, at the end of the yeah. MCG test. And then yeah. it they, that the other person is like, Oh shit, looks like this is not my Bag again, let me put it here in this bag and just leave it here, right? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I when I heard that, when I heard that uh that Warner's baggy green had been lost on a flight, uh I was actually thinking about a, a podcast I listened to very recently, um, where someone mentioned that uh everyone in Australia hates Qantas because yeah. uh they say they are a ship airline. Uh -huh. Um but but it's not because uh they tend to crash or something like that. They're actually one of the safest airlines in the world, but they tend to lose uh, baggage, apparently. Yeah, mm. it, it's a, a long history of being arrogant bastards over the last 10 years, and uh, <laughs> they're, they're trying to claw it back. They made massive profits. They had a horrible CEO who treated the staff like scum, and uh, yes. they had a dreadful history of refusing to refund money. They're trying to claw all that okay. back now, but they've got, got a lot of catching up to do. But yes, they cancel a lot of flights. Uh, they also lost a lot of baggage and their customer service was shit ass. They're working mm. on all those things now with a new CEO, but my God, they've got a lot of work ahead of them. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, but look, 
what you said liam makes a lot of sense very divisive figure when it comes to opinions and absolutely likes and dislikes yeah. mr warner but well he's walked off into sunset in a very very ideal manner if you were to look at it mm. he called that he wants a sydney test he got it he retires after that pretty much pretty much as you would like very consummate family man from what you see on the interwebs also most importantly he he stood up for the uh, women players rights when it was the time for it he used his clout mm. so all in all there is enough to like and dislike we don't even need to go into the dislikes right so no. that's pretty nah, nah. Pre- pretty well done so we would say well done to warner and also to dean elgar both of whom retire at the end of yes. this new yeah. year's test absolutely right dean Look, elgar just before we go off the, uh-huh. the pakistan thing i a couple of names i just want to throw in there yeah. uh, as to basically having an impact on the series in a negative way negative uh, two hmm. players yeah well for their teams uh two players who i had expected to be keys for pakistan mm-hmm. uh babar azam yeah. and shahin shafridi basically yes. had bugger all impact on this series <laughs> uh, and travis head similarly ah but uh, travis head is coming down from an incredible year i suppose I... that's true but i mean he averaged 16 over the series yes. uh, so mm. that's not yes, great yes. uh, babar averaged uh, 21 mm. uh shahin mm. only played two test match i know but uh what did he do he took eight wickets at an average of 41 he is getting uh, better and, and better I, i thought if he had played another well, test well yeah They left him out of the the New Year's test, uh, saying they needed to rest him. And he has played a lot of cricket in all formats over the year. But um, I don't think they missed him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think J- Jamal really uh, stood up. But if those two in particular, Baba and uh, Fridi, had had a bigger impact, could have made a huge impact on the series. I was really disappointed not to see Baba at his best. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. So I thought, you know, the the top order of Pakistan was the one that was really to blame. Their bowlers punched well enough that they kept them in the game. I think only one innings where the bowlers were a little lackluster, but outside of that, they were more or less keeping Pakistan in the game. Also, sometimes with the bat, Amir Jamal really, really breakthrough series for him, a real find as far as Pakistan is concerned. Mohammad Rizwan coming back into the team after the first test, showing what he's made of. with some crucial runs as well. Shan Masood had Absolutely. His, Shan Masood had his good points but really the openers you know in Australia you still need to play the traditional brand of cricket much like England right where the top 3 yeah. have to blunt enough overs. Look at what Smith and Labushkagne did in the in the second morning of the third test right. So it was really boring cricket frankly. But they took Australia to 180 for 2 without that I dare say Australia would, would have been 210 all out or something. But because of the runs yep. they added that dragged australia very close to 300 that meant they were more or less on an even punching ground and marsh runs of course but look that's what is important and that's what you have to realize the top 3 4 have to buckle down have to get the team close to 200 otherwise otherwise you are really sunk in a place like australia right so yes. this is something they'll rue also the catching we really highlighted that so yeah all in all pakistan again walk away from a series where you thought they would have taken at least one test back especially mcg mm. australia 40 for 4 about to be 40 for 44 46 for 5 they would have really had a good chance so yeah that's unfortunate in this test you knew once 
Australia, even though they came very close to Pakistan, you knew they were going to be really strong. And that spell from Hazelwood. Apparently, WOWOWO is now the trend. Uh, after those two overs, one from Engedi <laughs> and uh, Rabada and now Hazelwood. That's the trend in the New Year tests. So, that had to happen. And unfortunately, it was Pakistan at the receiving end, not Australia. So, well, yeah. that, that was very good return to test cricket for us. Three tests and two tests mm. and we are mm. happy and now there's going to be more on the Australian soil and uh, also well uh, we'll see if an underprepared England or not that will take India on end of chance so plenty of test cricket to look forward to if you're test match fans but going on from there a very interesting limited overs leg of the series India women versus Australia women Messi let's start with you did you get a chance you want to, to talk about the test match first or have you yeah, done go that? for it we've, we've done it previously but I would like to hear your impressions on that I thought India played superbly in the Test match. I really do. I, I think they bowled well. They batted well. Uh, they made the best of the conditions. Uh, Australia played better than England had, the week before, <laughs> uh, mm. which which wasn't hard. Uh, but they were outplayed. And uh, in India, I think India, as a, uh, in Test matches, are going to be extraordinarily hard to beat. That's um, good. And and you know, bowlers like Vastraka. Uh, a fantastic. Uh, oh, I, yes. I, I think that hair too. Apart from anything else, that's <laughs> very much Mohammad Shami um, like uh, second innings, impactful yes. performances in the second innings, four wickets. Yeah. Right. So also, you're right. India played to their strengths, but they did absolutely the right thing, and the spinners were very consistent. Snehrana was the player of the match against Australia, right? So mm. Australia fought back very admirably in the second innings. You thought. This would be a very one-sided test. I can know Australia showed what they're made of. They're the, you know, the preeminent team in the women's cricket and they showed that. And, well, India were going to be too strong. But I really hope this means India get to test their metal and their strength at, with at least one or two tests every year. This is going to be quite something yes. for me. So, yes. they have shown by winning both two tests that were organized so comfortably. They're giving a good message to the uh, parts that be the BCCI and also the, all the boards around the world. It's going to be great. Have one or two test matches every tour, women's tour. And women's tour should be at least three women's tour each team should get every year and so on. But coming to the one-day series, well, Australia, which is still quite the team in terms of limited horse cricket, not many teams can beat them. They steamrolled India 3-0. Uh, yes, well, they, all, they shouldn't have. They yeah. should should have. India should have won the second one. Correct. Uh, mm. They threw that away. But, yeah. I mean, if India can learn to catch, they might uh, do a lot better. I think it's nerves. Ca- it's, it's, you just oh, need to catch- be in the moment. Catching in that series was woeful. I mean, Australia weren't great on occasions as well. Mm. Um, mm. But it was it was very disappointing to see some of the, the simple catches that went out. They were really having the game under control when Ashley Gardner, Annabelle Sutherland, the second ODI, at the beginning of that partnership, if those catches had been taken, Australia would have been 180, 190 all out. They missed an opportunity yep. there. Right? And then yeah. in the chase as well, again, they choked at the end. There was nobody to bat with Deepthi and 39 of 36 with four wickets, five wickets left, you would back the batting team these days. Yeah. From there to lose, it's it's impossible to believe that mm. once Jemima Rodericks got out, there was no will left in this level. That was very weird to see for me. Right? Yeah. Right until Harleen, Diol and Shriyanka Patil, everybody bats. So in this 11, all 11 could bat in theory. We know Shriyanka mm. Patil has had 
good runs in limited overs formats in the domestic circuit harleen deol is a decent batter i don't know what happened there right so that cost them potential uh, equal footing in the odi series but in the third one well phoebe lichfield simply blew india away that popnik part yes see So, yeah, she, she's a she's going to be a talent for the ages, as far as mm. uh, Australia is concerned. Mm. Absolutely, Elisa Perry sort of. I mean, her star is coming on the wane, but it's 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 down, it's down to her trying to reinvent herself, I suppose. Something like uh, what Smith is trying to do, but she still made very crucial runs in the limited over series as well. Your thoughts yes. on the series? Anything to add, Leah? Well, first of all, let me say that um, it it's a good uh, feeling to see so. many women's tests being played in in over the last few weeks basically mm-hmm. england uh, playing india australia playing india uh, the south african women playing australia coming up right uh, in february that's right uh, yeah um let's hope let's hope that uh, the boards see the the commercial value of women's tests um because i think that uh, there have been a lot of eyeballs on these matches that is my my very positive takeaway from from these tours so far yeah i did um, notice though in terms of the crowd that uh, the crowd at uh, last night's t20 was huge compared with the odi and the test match mm, crowds yeah but i think the money isn't in mm. in 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 the in the gate receipts in no. in test matches yeah broadcasting as much as anything else yeah. so yes yeah. let's hope you know that that's the way it goes but coming to the t20 well maybe the indian board can also learn and make it a very very family friendly event at least maybe start off with the indian women's t20s then also switch over to the men's t20s and eventually learn and take those to the ipl where make it really family friendly uh, have all of these things that kids can also enjoy coming in there gets the get the parents there as well because of that in this case the way elisa perry and lichfield were going in this format she bats yeah. down the order phoebe lichfield and she was yeah. absolutely bossing indian bowlers around that was the <laughs> yeah. real real turning point her dismissal 4 for 112 and um, australia were sort of beginning to pick up some speed right and then suddenly yeah. her dismissal mm. so titus sadhu who's i think she's been chosen at the right time she's a bit young but she's been chosen at the right time for what she can do and again somebody who looks like uh, all season star for india in the coming years with her bowling she was the one who took four wickets but then it was also deepthi sharma amanjit kaur amanjot kaur and shyanka patil the spinner sort of choked the tail completely one status sadhu had done a bit yeah so mm. that was very nice to see and then finally the openers coming good smriti mandana shafali verma like she was quiet the whole season more or less shafali verma now she comes good mm. and they mm. clinched the game quite easily megan should she she was very steady Ashley Gardner will always give you some amount of control, but there was not enough of a target there. Once the flying start was achieved, they really got a lot of runs off Sutherland and Magrath, and that was that. There was no looking back from there for the Indian batters. And rightfully so, they took the first T20A comfortably. Let's hope they're able to give Australia something back in the T20A series, having lost that uh, one-day mm. series, 3-0. I think it really rankled for this 11. They take a lot of pride in their results, the Indian women's 11, and that's why they, I hope, they can give it back <laughs> to the australian team but messi your thoughts will they be able to take the t20 series or will the australian team come back 
I expect the Australian team to come back. They didn't really turn up yesterday. Mm. Uh, I, I thought they were very ordinary mm. uh, and ill-disciplined. Uh, and it was as if they hadn't faced spin before for a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> and then when, when they opened the bowling and Darcy Brown gave them 14 runs in extras yeah. uh, before there was a single shot off, a score off the bat, I thought... That was That's just, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah mm. I mean... It was almost as if the game disappeared then. The mm. time to be putting pressure on the openers, and you you bowl down the leg side and just give away all those free runs. It it was, you know, the hearts must have sunk. Uh, Alyssa Hill, I mean, Healy must have been furious by the end of the first over. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I just didn't feel that they they brought their A game at all. I really didn't. Uh, mm. I th- thought it was pretty poor performance on the whole. That's okay. Sometimes, you know, you have an off day that you've come off a mm. tough test and you took the one-day series and then probably a little bit of down down mind time comes. And then because mm. of that, you don't really switch on when you come on the field. It, I've seen this happen. And almost as if it's a dead rubber thing, though it's the beginning of a new series. Because we shouldn't compare one yeah. to the other, but it almost felt like Australia mm. being a dead rubber. All right. I also think that they made a selection mistake. I think they should have picked another spinner. I would like to see uh-huh. Alana King in there. Yeah. I was really um, surprised yeah. after that performance in the ODA series. Why no Alana King? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but uh, always in an Australian women's uh, limited house lineup, there are as many as eight bowlers, <laughs> right? Seven, eight yeah. bowlers. Yeah. They've always had this problem of plenty. So probably one yeah. more wouldn't have hurt in this uh, yeah. case. Yeah. All right. Uh, some lessons there. I'm sure we'll see more of Alana King in the coming uh, days. There's one other game, a quick chat. It's more like uh, Bangladesh-New Zealand because it's a wrap-up. So New Zealand had won the ODI Series 2-1. So Bangladesh had mm. won a game there. And then in the T20Is, they had won the first game and the second game got rained out. So it was all to be played. Sort of the tour hung on this game, I felt. And they had a new captain as well, Mitchell Santner, who's sort of getting through the initial part of his captaincy career. So it, there was something for New Zealand to play there. And they did well in the limited overs. The last one where the 30-20 in Mount Manganui, they were able to restrict, first of all, bowling. First, Bangladesh, they were able to restrict them to just 110 with captain Mitchell Sandner mm. taking four for 16. <clears throat> so I know, Messi, you said you didn't follow much of this, but Leah, any your thoughts on this? Well, uh, wasn't it, um, speaking for the series as a whole, mm. wasn't it the first time that uh, Bangladesh won an one-day international Absolutely. in New Zealand? Yes, after I think 15 uh, days. Yes, exactly. So uh, very well done uh, there. Um, yeah, and I mean... For for Bangladesh, I think uh, they will be ecstatic to to have drawn uh, an away T Twenty series against New Zealand in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, New Zealand has become a very much um, a fortress uh, in recent years, um, with the conditions definitely uh, favoring the home side. Mm-hmm. So. Very well done, Bangladesh, uh, to be competitive in this tour in New Zealand, I would say. Absolutely. And then in the end, unfortunately, they couldn't really get through uh, to make as many runs. I thought in this pitch, even a 130 would have been very challenging. They couldn't get Mm. there. And then they had had, uh, New Zealand in all sort of trouble. 4 for 38, 5 for 49 again. It looked like it would have been a, a real thriller. 
but rain intervened but before that between nisham and santner they had put on enough runs that they were ahead of the curve the dls curve so well they won that comfortably and mm. so one point i really notice is this bangladesh team is becoming a better and better touring team i think it's just a matter of gaining that experience i think the turning point for me was the 2015 world cup the, where they played in australia where their batters got hundreds their bowlers did really well on supporting pitches and now mm. from that point on they'll not get as many results as they would have hoped in each tour but it's definitely changing every tour they are able mm. to get one more win one more win and so on so uh, i'm looking at this as a really positive thing as far as bangladesh cricket is concerned messi any thoughts yeah i'm really pleased to see the uh the rise in the level because it's it all goes really well for the women's game in the long term um i think the fact that the australia have been so far ahead for so long and then it, uh south africa india and uh, australia and new zealand mm. have sort of uh, sorry uh, south africa india england and new zealand have uh, then been the ne- next group and then everybody mm. else has been a long way behind right uh, is starting to break down a bit uh, and i think that parity is really important for the long term future of uh, cricket and mm. you know given the fact that odis are almost the equivalent of test matches for women's cricket at the moment until the some longer form games available at domestic levels uh it's it's hugely important for them to be able to have that competition mm. and i think it's great to see uh, a team like bangladesh coming into the, to play the same way uh and you know it puts the wind up new zealand i think new zealand are an aging side that are going to be uh, suffering a bit Ah, I'm looking forward to that test series as well. Let's see if they're, uh, you know, Ken Williamson, some of the players, they'll have to also pick up a little bit. Saudi. All right. Now we were to look at some of the off-field news. It starts mm. with a rather unfortunate one, but I suppose justice above individual feelings and individual likes and dislikes. Sandeep Lamichane has been found guilty of raping a 18-year-old uh, woman, and. Uh, we are going to get a sentencing next week i think so i don't know if he's going to also appeal and there are more chances because his lawyer says very clearly uh, it's it's a he said she said sort of a situation it's not a nice one mm. there's no clear cut way to see how it unfolded but well the court has come to a conclusion so i see they would have had enough uh, enough evidence and other things on their side to make this decision but is this uh, going to be a waste of a career or do you think this guy will might yet bounce back from here um, i think this is this yeah. is this is a this is a scott kugel line um situation kind of um i mm. i don't know i don't know uh if if he gets selected again uh i think it it will be a, a public relations nightmare um and it is it is a bit a bit more clear cut mm. than the kugelline the kugelline case in in that he has been found guilty by a court whereas kugelline has been um found not guilty um from a from a legal standpoint right. um right he he absolutely uh did something and yeah no i i think it um it's a very it's a very bad situation uh for 
for Nepal cricket. Um, and I don't think they can. Yeah, I don't think they can. Uh, they can um, select him after this. Yeah, I mean, look, he has to pay his debt to the society. If that's what yes. it means. And if he doesn't get through on appeals, he'll have to pay that debt back to society. And well, a certain amount of rehabilitation has to happen. And how it has to happen will be dealt with once he's coming back, whenever he <laughs> makes himself available. Much like you know, uh, the Sri Lankan cricketer, right? Who was also. Uh, in the courts, Avishka Fernando, who was in the courts, and yes, he had to come back. But in this case, it was all of he was he was acquitted, and there was no there was no doubt what mm. may have happened there. But nonetheless, uh, the journey back will always be tough, whether you are guilty or not. And most importantly, if if you are found guilty after you pay the debt to the society, you will not be viewed mm. the same way by everybody, and that's right, right? So uh, that's that's a that's a mill he has to carry around his neck. For me, the most important thing is justice has to be served. And we know exactly. society is almost always leaning towards men when it comes to most things. That mm. means the courts and the powers that make those decisions are sometimes leaning on the other side. There is no benefit or doubt. It's not a cricket match, it's law. But nonetheless, any benefit or doubt that's potentially possible is always given to the other side. And that's how it should be. And that's how it should remain. I hope in in this case, the right decision was arrived at because of all of these things. Thoughts, Messi? Yeah, I... I agree with Leah. I I I don't see him playing again. Uh, I think the the way in mm. which New Zealand had handled the Scott Krugline thing was uh, unedifying, to put it mildly. Uh, and yes. I think mm. it needs to be a very clear statement uh, from the cricket boards to say, uh, irrespective of the final outcome, there are certain things that just will not be tolerated. Uh, and uh, right. Take a stand, exactly. and uh, you know, to the best of my knowledge, Nepal cricket have, have been pretty good in in their previous uh, position in relation to uh, player behaviour. I think he was withdrawn. You're right. Yeah. He had been withdrawn from a series the moment he was charged. Mm. He was sent back home. Yeah, you're right, and that's how it should be. Exactly. And uh, you might be the biggest star of your team. You might pretty well be the talismanic player, but you will not be outside of law. Yeah. And uh, whatever that means later at the end of the day, whether you pay, you have a debt to pay or not to the society, you might already have been, uh, you may already have affected your chances to such an extent that, uh, well, we'll see if there's going to be a second coming yeah. for him. Uh, we wish him all the best, but more importantly, based on the conviction and so on, we, we give our sympathy to the uh, person who suffered in this case. And let's hope justice has been served. Yeah. Right? Mm. All right. From then yeah. on, a couple of changes. Let's first start with Sri Lanka, where they've chosen three different captains, okay. three different individuals to captain each format. So first of all, somebody whom I thought would have made a good captaincy a choice already, except uh, he's not very consistent. Dananja De Silva, he's one of my favorite international cricketers, actually. He is going to replace Dimut Karunaratna mm. as the uh, test captain. And then, of course, before that, we know that they already had appointed um, Kusal Mendis as the ODI captain and Manindu Hasaranga as the T20A captain. So let's start with you, Leah. Your thoughts on these appointments? Um, yeah, I I think all of them are um, good appointments. And I think what's what's problematic about mm. these, these appointments is that it comes uh, during a time of turmoil in uh, Sri Lanka cricket. Um, the board um, asked the ICC to suspend them because mm. of political influence. So 
um, I think this these appointments have to be viewed um, in light of upheaval in the board. Um, so I think that that puts a lot of a lot of weight on uh, the shoulders of the three newly appointed captains for the three um, formats, and um, we'll have to see how they can um, prove themselves uh, in the upcoming matches. I think. Do they have separate coaches for each format as well? No, I think. No, no, no. no. I think it's the same coach. That's interesting. But I've not read any news of different coaches. No. Mm. Mm. So it's just a split decision for captaincy based on who fits where. For example, the Nanjad Silver does not fit in mm. the shortest format anymore. Right? So no. they have decided to move on. At least the ODIC is not there. That means Vanindu Hasaranga, having played a lot of T20 circuit cricket, has a lot of experience in that format. Probably he's also very eloquent and has a good thinking brain, must be said. So in that case, he fits there. Mm. And effectively, Kusal Mendes, he was the coming man before he did something silly in England and got himself suspended. Yeah. Right? So he stepped up to take <laughs> the ODI uh, reins. And also he's one of their best batters in ODIs. I don't know if that also means they expect him yes. to do well with the captaincy. But normally, they don't always go together. There are very few people who are able to do both. And in this case, well, they, they have chosen him as a captain based on his performances and how consistent he's been over a period of time. And of course, when it comes to Karuna Ratna, his deposing, I thought his results were never that good. Probably he started with a bang when they beat South Africa, right? In tests, and then since mm. then he's not really delivered that way. He, they even brought him back in the ODIs when it came to the World Cup to try to see what he gives is a lot of stability and a lot of calm. There's a lot of storm going on outside of the dressing room with Sri Lankan cricket. We know this. This guy apparently can keep yeah, yeah. the group focused and bring the best out of them. That's the reason why they kept him on top. Of course, he also did really well with the bat Karuna Ratna. But then when you look at purely the results. It did not deserve for him to be continuing as a captain. So he has been deposed. And Dhananjadi Silva has been given. And of course, the other captain, right? So the, the guy who led Sri Lanka into the World Cup, uh, really he did not do well. He did win an Asia Cup. Yes. Shanaka. So Shanaka, yes. he bought that, again, the same sort of unity to the team for the limited overs cricket. Under him, they won an Asia Cup. But then over a period that that, attitude has sort of disappeared. Sri Lanka have again started performing very sporadically. So I think it's time for a change, they thought. Mm. Also, he's not very consistent. His spot in the team itself is not deserved at all times. He's not the, their best cricketer. So it might be a case of like somebody like Darren Sammy, who or even Mike Bairley, uh, going a little back. But in a, in a country like, uh, in a South Asian country, let me generalize it a little bit more. I, I think I can do that. You can't get away with doing that as a captain. So he's been he's been deposed as well. Thoughts, Messi? Yeah, I, I I think that's right. I do think it's interesting to have three separate captains, uh, and there are times when that that can mm. be appropriate, I suppose. It, it's it's such a, mm. a difficult management task there because at the end of the day, a captain is about uh, a whole lot more than just on field placement and, and bowler selections. It's about Absolutely. Uh, team leadership. Absolutely. And mm. I would have thought, particularly in the ODI uh, sphere, there is a, a very strong uh, follow-through between T20 and uh, ODI cricket. 
so mm-hmm. I'm not sure that mm. I think it's a great idea to have uh, separate captains unless they're not suited to that particular format to play at all. But I would assume that Gisel Mendes will still play in the T20s, will he? I think so. He's still their yeah. mainstay when it comes to the top of the order. Yeah. He'll be there. Just mm. maybe a new infusion of ideas because Hasaranga probably plays a bit more in yeah. the T20 circuit. Just that, right? So, all right. But we'll see how they do. It's always something to do with Sri Lanka cricket. Something, something keeps changing in the uh, the whole picture. So, you're never uh, short of entertainment there, right? So, we'll see yeah. how that goes. Then they come from out of nowhere and surprise you and win a World Cup or something like that. Or Asia Cup. Yeah, that's the point. That's the point of the story of Sri Lankan and Pakistan yeah. cricket. The way they're able to surprise you with their performances. And that's how it should stay. That should not change. But unfortunately, mm. the same amount of churn, the same amount of surprises you see in the backroom staff and in the management. And we'll leave that. We'll leave that. That's, yeah. that's how it is. right? That's fine. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, from that one to another very weird choice, because of the CS T uh, twenty, the CSA T twenty that is going to coincide with the uh, the South African tour of New Zealand, South Africa have chosen a what I would call very generously as South Africa B, right? So mm. it's, it's 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 a very interesting choice. They have uh, a new keeper. Let's start uh, from there to the spinners. And Dane Pete makes a comeback. Sean von Berg, who I think is a real stalwart when it comes to uh, longer format cricket as well, he's been chosen as the spinner. The pace attack, Duane Olivier makes a comeback. Tane Peterson makes a comeback. Melali Mpong Wana, I hope I got the name right, is an all-rounder. He's good. And then mm. Chepo Moreki. Again, all of these are actually very experienced players. Even Dane Peterson, is, for example, they've been doing their rounds. Duane Olivier has been a rehabilitated formal callback player, both of them, Peterson and uh, Olivier. They've made a comeback. That's good mm. to see. But then, yep. for me, the top six, really, where you need to probably get the test match going. This is the problem because David Beddingham has had a good start. Keegan Peterson, we know, is also a decent batter, but has been there or thereabouts in the squad. Zubair Hamza has some form coming into the squad. But then Kaya Zondo is there. Reinhard von Tonder is there. Rohan Deswart. Some very nice nice opportunities, do you think? Or do you think it's just not a good management? Because even the captain, Neil Brandt, is going to make a debut as his captain. I think Lee German did it a while back for New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's the second the second one in the yeah. last 50 years uh to to make to make his test match debut in the same match he um, uh, other than those makes playing his their captaincy debut. Country's first match for um, Ireland and uh Yeah, of course. No, of course. Exactly, yeah. yes, yes. I, yes. I was I was just going to say that. You yes. need to go back to the era where there was amateur sides and professional sides from England that were touring, MCC sides versus another side mm. where you had debutant captains or something. And then Lee German, that was a real surprise. Um, but outside of that, this is, I think, a necessity rather than a surprise. Well, let me put it to you this way. I think Lee German won one of his seven test matches, all of which were captain. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I'm not... not I don't know his history, really, but uh, it just seems extraordinary to me to put somebody with no test experience into captain a test team. Um, mm. That being said, New Zealand are a funny mob. Uh, they they could be vulnerable. Wow. You just never know. But I'm just really mm. angry with South Africa. I really am. I mean, the statement they put out around uh, their support for test cricket was, frankly... Mm. Uh, a, a load of bullshit. Uh, they they, they <laughs> basically said 
Um, mm. Because the South Africa T20 uh, actually falls in the same window as the uh, the Test series, uh, then we just had no choice, and mm. uh, New Zealand wouldn't move it. Implying it's all New Zealand's fault. They knew full well at the time they were setting up the South African T20. Yeah, that they had that schedule in place, and they had an mm. obligation to test cricket. And they didn't live by that, mm. and that pisses me off hugely because I think they're they're being uh, disingenuous in terms of the whole thing, and quite frankly, they don't give a fuck about test cricket. That's my judgment. Well. Let's hope it's a one-off. Let's just hope it was a mistake. Somebody missed that. That hey, this these two are going on at the same time, you know. And as a result, um, that was just missed. It was really mm. a miss. And then, I think New Zealand also forfeited the ODS. So there was also that. So there's a lot of things going on. So you could have always rearranged the ODS to be first, and then after that, the test matches could have happened. That means maybe at least for the second half of that tour, some of the CSA T20 players could have also joined and so on. But I'll leave that. It's a long discussion. But all in all, it's an opportunity. As they say, every yeah. every time some of these challenges happen, there's an opportunity. And South Africa never stop short of punching hard. So they are not going to hold anything back in the locker. So you can see the South African team come hard. But I dare say the New Zealand team is way too well-drilled, a lot more experience there. You have Saudi, Williams and people like that. So, uh, And Bolt doesn't play tests anymore, but there's still a lot of pedigree there. So I, I'm not going to see it as a disaster, but maybe the results will not go the way South Africa would, have, would like. Mm. Let's see how that goes. This very much feels feels like uh, Ellen Borders, uh, Australia WSC. during Post the... Backer. Um, yeah. Post packer, absolutely. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, it would be interesting if they had uh, a test series scheduled against Australia this year. Whether they would have done the same thing. <laughs> uh, no, that's the point. I think we may see more of this. Is my worry going on? Yeah. But not every team will be able to put out two or three quality sides. India did it when. I think the test match team went away to prepare. I think in England or something, they sent a B team air quotes under Shikhar Dhawan to Sri Lanka, which yeah. competed well enough to even win one leg of the series. So not every team will have that sort of depth. Yeah. Not even South Africa. So that, that, that's that's very tough to achieve. But we may see this more and more in the coming days. Let's see how that pans mm. out. It might not all be bad. As long as test cricket can still be played by the best 11, I don't mind if the other teams that tour are not you know, their best, their learning players, their sort of, uh, you know, players who are growing into their own. But for me, that's the most important thing. This is a test series that's going to get affected. That's why I'm not happy. Mm. We'll see how that goes. Now, a couple of other small news. First of all, from December 12th, this change has been mm. made where ICC have made a change to the concussion substitute rule, but also they've made a rule in as much that when you appeal for a stumping, a caught behind will not automatically be reviewed. That basically means oh, when the camera is on side on, Right. So if you had a side on view and you are going to review a uh, stumping, you will not automatically get a chance to also review a card behind. Some teams have benefited from that. Yes. <laughs> Where they reviewed one and they got away with it. Well, another. they haven't reviewed it. The umpires reviewed the stumping and they mm. got a free, they just do everything. free review. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So then the change is it's very rare that you get to review a stumping. It's almost never. But then that remains that whenever you as a player choose a review or a team choose a review, that means you get the benefit. But otherwise, when an umpire reviews, you don't get the other one. As yes. Well. Yeah. So that, that's a good one. Yeah. And there's a mm. bit more clarity on the concussion substitute yes. rule where the substitute player will not be allowed to bowl if the replaced player had been suspended from bowling at the time. 
for whatever reason multiple no balls and so on and then the limited time for injuries is now 4 minutes the time to assess an injury on field and treat it is now exactly 4 minutes so they can't really take 10 minutes where they massage the what, player you what, have to was get, there a mm. period previously or is it there wasn't one right oh there that's wasn't good one. good it was basically under the um jurisdiction of the umpires on field and under their discretion where you know they would say yeah come on guys take a call now or something now they, there's a time limit on it four right so that that's also something good yep. so, mm. that we have to learn as we move on because this game has so much complexity compared to baseball or something you can't even compare it the complexity yeah. so that means we have to learn as we go on we are the and the establishment is also catching up there is a reason why there is this inertia in the establishment but now they are trying to learn and they are going to go they are trying to come up with things and change them all right a small piece of happy news if you are a netherlands cricketer or netherlands cricket supporter <laughs> at the end right <laughs> so the dutch captain scott edwards has been called up by melbourne renegades as the replacement for quinton de kock for the last two games of pbl their last two games so happy news if you are a dutch supporter surely I'm going to say I think it'll be an improvement for the Renegades. Yes. The Renegades have been awful this season, and <laughs> and but but Quentin yeah, they're at the bottom. And Quentin yeah. Picard has been very disappointing. Mm. It's sort of like he was on a holiday playing mm. a couple of, of games while he was here, but no doubt getting paid a lot of money for it. Uh, I think mm. Scott Edwards' application to the game. I think he's a decent keeper. Uh, I think it, it's probably an improvement for the Renegades, and I'm really pleased to see him get it. I mean, he's almost as Australian as he is Dutch. Uh, yeah, he, he holds the Australian passport. Yes, uh, but uh, I'm really pleased to see it because I, I think, yeah, the more exposure to that sort of thing, the better. He, for me, he was one of the players of the World Cup. He really was, uh, and and one certainly one of the skippers of the World Cup. I thought he did a fantastic Absolutely. job, making the best of limited resources. Mm. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Well, I think Absolutely. he also contributes well with the bat here. It might help. Not only is he a very plucky keeper, I think uh, Melbourne Renegades may benefit off his experience as a skipper. And usually, an experienced keeper is very important when the team is struggling. He might be able to also pitch in there. Yeah. One last news. I just spotted it now that you know Mujib has been recalled by the Af- Afghan board. Okay. <laughs> uh, first of all, so there are some some oh, yes. going on there where Fazal Haq Farooq and Naveenul Haq. were sanctioned and um, they were their NOCs were withdrawn right for mm. the next two years at least was what the news came about mm. it looked like mujib also ran into some hot water there and his NOC has been withdrawn therefore he he you know i found that very interesting he had been announced in the 11 and then when the captains went out for the toss he was not there in the team anymore so it happened that way and then Afghanistan cricket board says no you should still prioritize your country that means whenever we hold coaching camps training camps you have to turn up even if it clashes i like that as a refreshing attitude the other boards might not mm. be able to enforce this but nice to see afghanistan trying to enforce it it's interesting mm. because boards do have a lot of power in terms of how people play uh it was noticeable that harris ralph had his own oc uh withdrawn mm. halfway through the bbl uh by right. by the pakistan board Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without any clarity he, about why, but uh... there was a lot of things brewing in the background. They wanted him to make himself available for the tests. He didn't. He prioritized BBL over this. The chief selector Wahabrias didn't like it. There was a lot of things spoken on in the media, and I think this come to the head where his NOC has been withdrawn finally. That was not that was not a nice thing to see. However, 
I think one of the, once an NOC is issued, it should be honoured. I think, think yeah. to withdraw it is uh, not acceptable. But the players in, in most countries other than uh, England and Australia don't have a players' association as far as I'm aware. So they tend to no, be able no. to be trodden on all the time. Well, even a country like India only came up with an association or the association was empowered only recently right. to sort of, you know, represent the players' rights. It was mostly the agents mm. that were doing it behind the scenes with the boards. But now there's now a body. So it's also a learning curve that some yeah. players' associations and boards have to go through. And then eventually the players' rights are equally represented. But as I said, uh, there is to be an autocratic nature to thinking, you know, the player history, the play, the player career will be controlled by the board and so on. Now it's yes. changing. Players yeah. are more and more players are becoming free agents. So that means the nature of how these things will be decided itself will have to be revisited. It's not going yeah. to be that black and white. We also have the T20 World Cup itinerary out. Yes, yes, exactly. First of all, I would like to congratulate the West Indies and the USA boards for doing it six months in advance rather yeah. than the Indian board that did it six weeks in advance. So let's start right there. Okay. Yes. And from that point on, I would like both your thoughts on how the itinerary looks like. So let's start with you, Messi. Well, Lauder Hill has yes. four games. Yep. New York has eight games. Yep. And the rest has been did distributed between the West Indian yeah. Islands. So and what Dallas has four what? games as well. Oh, Dallas has four as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm. I mean, it's commercial reality that what the ICC have done is mm. look at it and said, how can we get the best crowds and the best TV viewership uh, for these? And having USA, mm. Canada, both playing in a group in the USA, along with India and Pakistan, where, you know, there's a, a big expat, uh, well, a, a big uh, indigenous Indian and Pakistan population uh, based around New York, uh, makes a whole yeah. lot of sense. So I actually don't have a problem with them not doing an actual draw. I think it makes a lot of sense to try and get it, like having England and Australia in the same group in the West Indies where mm-hmm. English tourists uh, mm. will turn up <laughs> as a result of that. Yeah. You know, make the there best you of what you've got. And you've got, uh, I think, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka in the same group, are they not? Uh, Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know. We were joking off air, of mm-hmm. course. South Africa and Netherlands, nemesis of South Africa yeah. and Netherlands is also yeah. in the same group. So, you know, I think, okay, do that. Yeah. At the end of the day, you've got effectively two seeded uh, teams in each group uh, and mm. certainly one of the groups, uh, I think Group D is uh, going to be tougher to get out of, but it's T20. Yeah. Anything can happen in T20. I kind of like what they've done with it, to be honest. Mm. Uh, when you're doing T20, I, I like the format of this competition. You've got the four groups of, of uh, five in there and then you've got the Super 8s as well. Uh so I'm I'm pretty happy with it. I I think you know it's only T20. Goodness sake, uh, whoever <laughs> wins, there's mm. going to be an element of surprise about who wins because anything can happen on the day. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if the West Indies ended up winning it after yeah. all. You know, <laughs> that would be quite the turn up for the books. Leah, thoughts? Yeah, well, um, Messi was was joking uh, earlier uh, before we recorded um, about uh, New York getting um, a lot of important games. But Mm. I have to remind him that, uh, if I remember correctly, the first ever cricket international match 
between took Canada place. and the USA. In the Canada and USA. Yes. It was between yeah, yes, Canada and, and the US. And they both got bored after that. They're like, yeah, so, screw this. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, it's, uh, it's more of a return uh, after coming. over 150 years <laughs> for New York. Yes, a homecoming for New York after over 150 years. Uh, so, no, but uh, I have to agree with Messi. Uh, I like what they did with the schedule and uh, looking forward to it. Uh, seems to be some good matchups uh, and should be a lot yeah, of fun. Absolutely. And also, the tourists get enough time to book the hotels yeah, and everything. Absolutely. Uh, the only objection <laughs> I have yeah. is that most of it's going to be in the middle of my night. Although. Uh, the te- 10 a.m. games yeah. in New York will be okay because it'll be about 10 p.m. here. I think it's about 12 hours difference. So that that actually suits me quite well mm. as, as well as India. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if you're mm. in the if you're in Europe, you're screwed either way. But we'll see how things go. <laughs> it's all starting and ending yeah. at weird times. But come come the middle of summer, I don't know. We might yet manage to uh, have some more vacant time. Let's see. All right, those are all the news stories for this episode. And I would like to say a thanks to both Leah and Messi. But before we let you go, Leah, I think you have some interesting things to plug. A lot of exciting things for you in the new year. Uh, Oh, yes. So um, on my YouTube channel, we uh, actually did our first live coverage of a test match. Uh, It's at Bescheuertes Kurzes Bein. I'm not going to spell that out. Uh, You can... Look at the tweet uh, from Ajit uh, plugging this podcast. Uh, I will be linked in, probably be linked in there. Uh, And then you can go over to my uh, Twitter profile where the channel is linked. Um, I recently had a conversation with uh, Aninda Dutta, uh, author of Wizards. Um, You can watch that on the YouTube channel. It's evolved from being a German language. podcast about cricket, uh, detailing the history of the game and uh, the background and stuff like that for a German audience into more of a Mm. a bilingual um, setup uh, where there's also English language uh, live commentary. Um, Doesn't mean the German stuff has gone away, but uh, there's also something for the English language listeners. Um, There will be another interview coming up uh, with another figure that is pretty pretty well known in uh, the alternative Aha. cricket circles, but I I won't I won't tell you who it is. You will have to subscribe to the channel uh, to find out. I have it lined up. Then I also have coming up um, a review of Dan Liebke's cricket role playing game. Um, Sledgers, uh, no, Sloggers and Sledgers. Um, and we will also do um, a live stream of that with uh, Adit and Jess. Adit from uh-huh. uh, White Line Wireless, of course. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll do, a, we'll do a live stream of that. So, uh, or you can also watch it later as a, a video on demand, of course. Um, so, yeah, a lot to look forward to, even if you don't speak any Perfect. German on my channel. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you, thank you very, very much, uh, everyone who made this this last year a very good one for for me for the channel. 
thank you very very much and of course thank you for having me on no worries no worries it's always a pleasure and of course uh, we wish you all the best with all these new ventures right so and you go from strength to strength the way you began the last uh, the channel last year and how it's come yeah, about thank very you nice to see excellent work messi Yeah, uh, well, the only thing I want to plug is the fact that the uh, India versus England Test series starts in a couple of weeks, and Gorilla Cricket will be there for every day hmm. of that, including uh, the bear uh, doing clips of the highlights each day. Um, Perfect. Which you'll be able to catch up on if if you're uh, not awake or at work or whatever during the day. Um, so really look forward to that. Hmm. I always find the periods when we're Gorilla Cricket's off air. Uh, to be uh, mm-hmm. a bit of a gap in the the calendar for me, uh, so I enjoy that that process yeah. and connecting with uh, all the listeners. So looking forward to that as well. That's why we would like to have you on this podcast from time to time, Messi. <laughs> Not only for your amazing views, but also to remind every one of us from the Gerilaverse how amazing you are. <laughs> all right, thank you, <laughs> thank you very much, and we wish all our listeners a good day wherever you may be listening from. We thank you for your patronage, and we wish to have you. again in the coming episodes as well thanks and Thank goodbye you. goodbye thank you bye this is the armchair cricket podcast Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.